It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Co-host Wes Goldberg going to be joining me in just a minute. Dubs are taking on the Pelicans tonight in what should be a winnable game for the Dubs. Now, they've lost some winnable games recently, too, so we'll just have to wait and see how this one goes down. Some pictures flying around out there. We got some uh, players in the G League showcase that the Warriors are interested in. Some rumors about a former Warrior. A lot of things to get to, and it's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Wes Goldberg joining me in just a minute. A lot to get to today as the Dubs are ready to take on the Pelicans. Can they build off their solid performance uh, from last week against Portland? Or do they kind of, you know, go back to what they were before? Hopefully not the case. I want to see can see the continued progress. Uh, Draymond has some thoughts about cheating the game, so to speak. Uh, some pictures are out there, I guess. I haven't seen them, but, you know, going to have to be addressed. And then the G League Showcase is happening right now, Winter Showcase, uh, that Kai Bowman and Alan Smilagic are both playing and going to have some updates from that as well and rumors about a former warrior that uh, I want to get to because the the dude's interesting and I'm interested to see what's going to happen with him and we're going to get to all of that in just a minute but first if you're looking for a last minute fun sports gift for the holidays go to breakingtea.com slash locked on breaking tea makes sports t-shirts around teams passion moments great for all fans go to breakingtea.com slash locked on then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts, that is breakingtea.com slash locked on, B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G-T dot com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Available in three colors, its thin light design, built-in HD camera, and touchscreen turns any space into your workspace. More at surface.com slash laptop go. Wes, you are, of course, back in California. Welcome back. Uh, Dubs have a bunch of home games this month or upcoming month, which is nice because it uh, balances out 
all the road games they've played, I promise you it will be a 41 road and 41 home at the end of the year, but they've played the most road games so far. So a nice stretch at home, and especially considering tonight's game is, I mean, I'd put it down as winnable. They're taking on uh, New Orleans Pelicans. No Zion, obviously. What are you looking for tonight from this team, uh, from this Dubs team, besides, say, a win? Like, what, what, are, what are you looking for uh, as far as this team's concerned? For them to continue uh, what they did last game, I know they ended up losing, but the ball movement, uh, the execution offensively, uh, the defense that sort of gained strength as the game went on, that's the sort of thing that you want to see from this team. I know, you know, wins, losses, whatever. I, you're right. This is a winnable game. They ought to win it. But you don't want them – like, you want them to win. You want them to – but moreover, you want them to look like they're building towards something. It's been so often this season where they have a game that they could feel good about, and then – they just sort of take a step back, and that's that's based that's been that's been what's been most frustrating in the big in the frustrating losses for Steve Kerr and this Warriors team is that even when they feel like they are taking a step forward, they end up taking two steps back. So they're getting to a point now where they they're trying to avoid that. And talking to some of the players this morning, um, I you know I was asking them if they felt like you know, the, the halftime adjustments that they're making are taking hold more in the second half. If the practices are being smoother, if they do feel like they're really building towards something and they're getting to know each other a little bit more, they need to know the playbook a little bit more. And, and it sounds like they are. So that's sort of what I'm looking for tonight is can they execute from the beginning and can they sort of get stronger as the game goes on and sort of see what the Pelicans are doing and they make adjustments off of that. And that's the, I agree with you. I mean, just continue to improve on what they uh, have been, have been building on. And if they are able to do that, that should amount in a win. Uh, Even if not, you know, you can still progress and, and, and take steps uh, even in losses. But if they do get better, you, you would imagine that, you know, they can put, put up their six W of the season. Uh, We've talked about their starting lineups and they made, uh, not so much of a change, but Damian Lee's been starting uh, with Pascal coming off the bench. Do you think we'll continue to see that, that lineup of uh, Glenn Robinson, Damian Lee, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond, and, uh, of course, Willie Cauley-Stein? I would expect them at some point to reinsert Pascal into the starting lineup um, at the three. Uh, I don't know if it'll be tonight necessarily, um, but at some point I expect that to be the case. Uh, Brandon Ingram is healthy for New Orleans, so I think um, you may want a little bit of more length on the perimeter, uh, even though Brandon Ingram has kind of evolved into a, a more of a perimeter shooter instead of like a mid-range score this season. So maybe you could you could even put Damian Lee on him um, or Glenn Robinson for that matter. But um, whether it's tonight or in the future, I do expect them to reinsert pass into the starting lineup at some point. All right, that's that's interesting. Uh, especially with the success of the second unit that, you know, it, it, uh, I don't know. I can see it go either way, but especially considering well, Damian Lee's, I, uh, limitations on his contract, I could, you know, see, see moves being made, obviously. That's a big, that's a huge part of it. Um, I think with Pascal, what they like with him is his secondary scoring ability next to a guy like D'Angelo Russell and even Draymond Green is basically running point. You know, if you put Pascal in that second unit, he kind of tends to dominate the ball a little bit in isolation. But when you have him in that starting lineup, when the ball is sort of moving through D'Angelo Russell or Draymond Green, he kind of becomes this 
he's a little bit more effective because D'Angelo or Draymond have already bent the defense in one way or the other, and you can kick out to somebody like Pascal or get or swing it to somebody like Pascal, and he can kind of take advantage of a defense that's already on the move a little bit. Where in the second unit, he does just tend to dominate the ball a little bit more. I think if you if you move Damian Lee back into the second unit, keep Alec Burks coming off the bench as sort of a ball handler. They're trying to make Jacob Evans into a ball handler, so that's another big part of it too. Where they and then you kind of have this share the ball mentality. Omari Spellman's facing the floor, Spellman, Marquise, Chris crashing the offensive boards for second chance opportunities. I think they like that sort of ethos for their for their bench unit, and then you just have that extra scoring punch in the starting unit with Pascal. So one thing that happened last game that we did not talk about happened during the game and then was addressed post-game, and I wanted to address it because I agree with Draymond in this sense. Uh, when he was being subbed in, he was taking all his wraps off and everything. You know, the guy gets mummified during certain breaks uh, just to keep his body straight. And one of the assistant coaches on Portland was trying to call for a delay a game or urging, uh, you know, the officials to call a delay a game. Right. And Draymond got into it with him, and after the game, Draymond, in a very Steve Kerr kind of way, it's one of Steve Kerr's favorite sayings when it comes to certain things, like when Clay put up 60 and didn't play the fourth quarter, you know, that he was asked why not. He's like, we were up 30, we don't cheat the game like that. And Draymond said, you know, when you cheat the game, looking for delay of game and cheap fouls and stuff like this, like that doesn't help you win in the playoffs. That doesn't win championships. And I don't know about all that. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I agree with him that I think it's it's BS. I, I was annoyed when people were praising Chris Paul for getting a, a delay a game on Jordan Bell. Like, congrats on knowing the rules, but that's still not basketball to me. And I, I just agree with him. I think it's gone a little too far with uh-huh. the delay of games. And, you know, he also brought up flopping and certain cheap fouls and stuff like that. I agree with him. I mean, where are you at? Just whatever, however you can get an edge, is you, you got to get it. Well, it's funny because, like, Chris Paul is one of these smaller guys, scrappy, kind of has to do what he has to do because he's not the biggest He's not the, the biggest player, nor is he the greatest athlete, right? So that's why he does things like understanding all the rules of the game and calling for delays of the game and stuff. And I, honestly, like, if, if those are the rules, I'm fine with it. I don't blame the player. I blame the game. Like, that's yeah. – if those are the rules, like, you should take advantage of it. Just like if you're Steph Curry, you should be shooting threes instead of twos because you get one more point if you shoot from way out there. With Draymond – Look, I, I understand him getting into it with the coach. I disagree with him. I think it's like that's not cheating the game. That just is the game, man. Like it's this isn't this isn't the pickup court. This isn't a blacktop. This these rules apply to everybody. Um, now maybe what maybe the the coach didn't necessarily have a point. Maybe he shouldn't have been called for a delay game in that situation. By the way, I don't think he should have been called for a delay game. I think you have to, in that situation, if the guy's just getting out of his mummified state, like you said, well, then you got to take the player's health over, you know, the break in the action, right? And you don't want to dissuade a player from getting the, the, the preferred treatment on the bench if it means, like, it just takes a little bit longer to check in. Then I'm a, I disagree with the coach in that way, but I didn't think that he, like, I, I disagree with Draymond's thing about, you know, cheating the game. I thought he was a little too hot at the end there. Especially, like, consider the messenger there. I mean, Draymond is a guy that, like, kicks dudes in the balls and stuff. Like, this is, like, he's just as guilty for this stuff throughout his career. There's evidence piled up against him. So I just thought it was a little ironic that he was the guy saying it. Yeah, and, you know, I agree with you to an extent. Like, as annoyed as I get with James Harden and the flopping and the fouls and stuff, 
really you should be annoyed with the rules and the officials that are willing to make those calls. He's just taking yeah. advantage of um, a situation that he's in. You know, he's not the one who's making the calls or anything. It's it's the officials. So I see what you mean. Definitely. I just, uh, I don't know. I just think calling for a delay, urging a delay of games is uh, pretty whack. But again, Draymond is usually, that's also another point that, you know, a good point you made and, and I've made for years is, his message is usually on point. He's just usually the wrong messenger. You know, there's he's he's smart and uh, makes some good points, but usually shouldn't be coming from him. But, you know, oh, well. Uh, the Santa Cruz Warriors, I had to think about that one for a second, had their one of their G League showcase games today, which uh, had Kai Bowman and Alan Smilagich. Uh, both playing extensive minutes. I watched that game. I want to talk about their performances and uh, the win that they were able to get in just a minute. But first, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked on NBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Wes, so the G League Winter Showcase is going on right now. And, of course, the Santa Cruz Warriors are playing in it. And my interest has been peaked ever since Smiley Geach has returned and Kai Bowman has been sent down. Kai Bowman's been dominating uh, kind of proving that he's too good for the G League. He's had some up and down moments as well. But one of the biggest things in today's game, which was a one point win, they went on you know some late uh, late free throws, solid defense at the end. But the biggest thing with Kai down there that I noticed today, or just that blew me away today, is he made some ridiculously athletic plays defensively. Where we've seen some of it in his time in the NBA. You know, the dunks and stuff like that that you don't expect from a guy who's, you know, 6'1". But he had a couple of blocks today and just it, it uh, I don't know, it just really jumped off the screen. And it's something that we saw more of, at least in the G League. And now if some of that can kind of translate to the NBA, it's just another another facet of his game that could be a a, a nice plus for the Warriors coming off the bench. Yeah, and the more he, like, obviously the athleticism is there, but he's learning to use that athleticism more and more. Um, and also not necessarily have to rely on only the athleticism. I mean, the jump shot is being improved. 
it's a big point um, for the Warriors coaching staff to improve that. They also want him to be a little bit more methodical, a little bit more cerebral, understanding where to pick his spots and just sort of uncork that athleticism in general, as opposed to just relying on it at all times. And and I, if if he's able to conserve that energy and do that to the way that they want it, I mean, he'll still have those monstrous blocks and those crazy feats of athleticism that we're sort of seeing unfold right now. Um, but it's really just about sort of monitoring that, maintaining it, and picking his spots to use it, and then allowing the rest of his game to sort of catch up to his supreme athleticism. Because, I mean, like I said on the show before, I mean, it, it's it's remarkable how much more athletic he is than everybody else on the floor. And yeah. just you couple that with the fact that he went undrafted and it's just, it's wild to me. And I haven't gotten a good answer as to why that happened. I mean, why is somebody with his athleticism uh, with the production that he had at Boston college ended up going undrafted? I really haven't gotten a good answer. And I've asked some people, you know, in the Warriors organization too, about what they thought about it. And they were just like, we're just happy he fell to them. Yeah. Or they were, we're just happy he fell to us. Like, they, they they had earmarked Smiley Geach and Pascal in the, in the second round, and they were just surprised that, that Bowman was still there. Um, they didn't even know. I know Marcus Thompson came out with a piece uh, a couple weeks ago where he said, where he reported that the Warriors were the only team that interviewed him during the draft process. Yeah. And um, they, didn't, they didn't even know that. Uh, they, they didn't even they, – they, they knew that they interviewed him, but they didn't realize that the only team that interviewed him. Yeah. Um, and so – I, I just think that they were fortunate to get him and they're fortunate that he was, he was so good immediately. I mean, he's doing this in the G league. I mean, he was, he was good immediately in the NBA almost. So it's, yeah. it's again, it's, I keep using the word, word remarkable, but I think, I think it's apt. I mean, it is crazy. And I guess you have to take, you know, the, the, some of the media stuff, the, the rankings and things like that with the grain of salt, but they all had him as, you know, an early second round type prospect. Like they, a lot of people liked him, at least in the, you know, media draft analyst type of uh, situations. And if it's okay, well, he's short and older. Uh, yeah. Those aren't good enough he's reasons short. to not take a guy. I mean, he's short. He's older. Um, you know, his percentages weren't very efficient at Boston College. He just sort of was the dude that always had the ball. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think that counts for something. This is going to be a really weird comparison. But you remember Wes Welker? Oh, yeah. Um, he, you know, he he led the country, I think, or he was really close to leading the country in receptions. And when he was in college, at Texas and Tech, right? He went undrafted. What, what's that? At Texas Tech. Texas Tech, and yeah, and he, he like was near the top of the country in receptions, but um, he was like a sixth or seventh round pick or undrafted or something. It was basically the Kai Bowman situation. Yeah. But he had all of this usage. He had all of this practice of running routes and catching footballs. At some point, that counts for something, right? Like, right. he's if you're athletic enough in Wes Welker's case, and by the way, he was an underrated athlete, just like Kai Bowman was, but just like Kai Bowman too, a little bit short, not really sure how his size would convert to you know the next professional level and stuff. And then Wes Welker has a Hall of Fame type of career. I'm not gonna, I'm not saying Kai Bowman's gonna have a Hall of Fame type <laughs> of career, but he's an immediate contributor. Yeah. And and to me, just if you if the production is there in college, at some point, some of that is gonna translate. Like it's just. It's reps. It's repetition. And that matters. I mean, we hear it all the time at the NBA. This is why they practice. This is what everybody says. Just keep working harder every day. Get better every every day. It, as cliche as it sounds, that is sort of the idea, right? It's just to get more reps, kind of get up to that 10,000 hours rule, 
and just get better. And Bowman had a lot of that in Boston College. Yeah, I just, I'm, you know, I'll never understand it how he went undrafted personally, especially because I think some of the reasoning in the NBA, well, he's short. Okay, well, the NBA is littered with short guards. Like, that should not be enough of a reason to not take a guy. And if the age well, thing, thing is the. Why did he only have one interview? That's, yeah, that's, exactly. Why did everybody drop? This is, this is, this is to me. This is what I'm, I'm working on this. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get to the bottom, bottom of, of it because it's, yeah, because it's, it's, it's very strange. It's very strange. Yeah. I mean, maybe BC has something to do with it, level of competition there, but who knows? I'll, I'll never part. understand. But uh, Smiley Geach also was in today's game. He was solid, knocked down a couple of threes, which again is great. If he proves that he has a reliable three-point shot, that's going to expedite his time uh, in the in the G League, get him up to the, the uh, NBA level and you know, get him a role eventually, get him a role quicker, at least if he can prove that he has a, a reliable three point shot. And after going hot for two games, you know, he was still able to hit a couple. So that's, it's a good thing to see. He hasn't gone cold yet for a guy who again, shot 24% last year. Like it's definitely something to monitor. And maybe he just figured something out to where he's, he's got his three point shot. Now he's young enough to where that happening wouldn't be a crazy surprise. Like if he was 25 and figured it out in his, you know, six year in the NBA, that'd be a little weird but you can almost believe that he has found his shot because of how young he is. Yeah. And the Warriors are really confident in just his overall shooting touch. And so they didn't, they, they've tweaked his shot a little bit um, over the last couple of years, but not as much as you know you typically would with somebody as young as he is um, just because again, they're a believer in his overall touch. So they've, they've tightened up the mechanics a little bit. They've adjusted his release point a little bit, but that's really it. And they're just sort of letting him do his thing. Um, Grant, they are aware of the small sample size and they are sort of pumping the brakes on it. They're, they're still, they're still obviously wanting to see more and are still wanting him to keep working on it, um, you know, behind the scenes and keep taking, I mean, they, they have given him the green light. They have said, take it. They, they want him to take as many three pointers as humanly possible because they just went back to the Kai Bowman thing. They want the repetitions. They want, they want him to get the reps and that's the only way you get better. So, um, that, that's part of their long-term plan. But they're definitely taking a long-term approach with Smiley Geach. I know, like he's putting up these crazy stat lines. He looks great. He's dunking on dudes. Like he looks good in the G League showcase so far. But this is—he's probably more than a year away from what people are telling me. Like yeah. more than a year away from being playing a meaningful role for the Warriors, even though they will try to get him up there to get a little bit of taste of the NBA. Definitely. A couple quick things before we go. Uh, don't want to bury my head in the sand here, so I do have to bring it up. There was a picture going around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> allegedly of Steph Curry um did they address that at all today uh did any you know <laughs> PR Ray, Raymond Ritter anyone come out and say like this is ridiculous or uh, was it just left unsaid they everybody believes that it's ridiculous I haven't seen the pictures it's not necessarily my cup of tea but um this is I from what I understand there, there there's no actual evidence yeah linking the photo to Steph Curry and, and wasn't he like somebody was telling me that he was there was some sort of there was one of the pictures had like Redskins shorts in them or boxers <laughs> or something like Redskins look like Steph's not a Redskins fan so like he'd be now if he were wearing yeah if you were in Carolina Panthers <laughs> boxers we may, we may have something or even like Charlotte Hornets retro you know yeah, right. boxers like we but like Redskins I mean that's isn't that Kevin Durant's favorite team um, but it, 
yeah, I was I was asking around the organiz- I was asking around the facility this morning about which one of the PR guys leaked the leaked the photos. And yeah, really. Up, so. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to it. I just had to address it because you know we can't just of act course. like it's not out there. Um, one more thing I want to ask you about because it might just be my own opinion, but so there's talk with with the G League showcase going on. You know, all teams are pretty much represented down there, so trade talks are going on and stuff like that. And Andre Iguodala's name has come up. And no one's making the actual move for him, which I agree with Memphis. Look, if you want this guy, give me something. I'm not just going to buy him out for you. You know, I'm not going to buy him out for the benefit of the Lakers. But at the same time, like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if a move isn't made where both Andre and Memphis are just like, all right, well, I'll just have my year off playing golf and, you know, sign with the Warriors next yeah. year or whoever. Like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they don't buy him out even after the trade deadline. Are you getting that vibe at all, or do you think it would they would figure something out? The one thing Iguodala is not going to do is take less money. Um, exactly. Or take take a huge pay cut. I, I should, you know, he may, he may shave a little bit off the top because he doesn't have a lot of more years left, and if he is really thirsty for one more championship, well, then maybe there is value in looking at the Lakers and the Clippers specifically and saying, hey, I could take these two teams over the top. Mm-hmm. And specifically with both of those teams, I mean, we saw the kind of – I mean, we all know that LeBron likes to play, you know, puppet master behind the scenes, but Kawhi certainly does too. He forced mm-hmm. Paul George out of Oklahoma City. So between both of those teams, um, it wouldn't shock me uh, if both of those leaders sort of decided to um, – kind of get in Andre's ear a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if both of those guys kind of got in Andre Iguodala. You know, take two, three million dollars off to help your to, to help yourself and uh, get you onto our team. Um, and then we'll take care of you on the back end or something like crazy like mm-hmm. that. But the other thing, to me, like you can't possibly be okay if you're the NBA with how this is playing out, right? Like, that to me is the craziest thing is that they're just going to allow this to happen, collect his money and just not do his job. Cause that's essentially what he's doing. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like the league should at some point step in. I honestly like, I, I don't think it's cool, man. Like he, he should be playing. Like he's getting paid a lot of money. Like this isn't the better minimum. He's getting paid a lot of money, $17 million. Anything. If he's spending that time on the golf course, like at some point the NBA needs to approach the players union and say like, this isn't cool. Like the dude at least has to show up to film, right? Like yeah. he has to do something. Um, he has to be somehow part of the team and make some sort of contribution. Yeah. And maybe we'll see that, you know, after the trade deadline, once they decide whether they would, if they decide not to buy him out or something like that. And I agree with you about LeBron and, and Kawhi, but man, Andre Iguodala is a different cat. He is not the type of guy to be persuaded. I don't think at least, you know, if, if, I don't think they'd be changing his mind, so to speak. Uh, you know, if he's willing to take a buyout, I think he's willing to do it regardless of what either of those guys say because he is uh, hes a different dude. And he's one of the most interesting dudes in the NBA. That's part of why I also could see him just saying, fine. Like like you said, you know, the NBA might want the Players Association to get involved. But if they don't and he's allowed to just play golf for an entire year, making $17 million, like he might be the dude that's just fine with it. But it's interesting. It's just something I'm following. And, and we got the latest news today that, well, I, I don't even know if you want to call it news. The news is that nothing's happening yet. So we'll wait and right. see. Uh, Wes, real quick, uh, Warriors get a win tonight against the Pelicans. Yay or nay? 
Sure. Nice. <laughs> like, love the confidence. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. I'll go sure too. Why not? Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Warriors. We'll be back next week with more episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. Eric Fowle. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.